0: Welcome to the Abbott Speaks Podcast, your home for exploring current events through a biblical lens. I am your host, Michael Abbott Jr. It has been a while since we've been together, but I want to give you a quick analogy here. Your average television program, whether it be ABC, sitcom, Fox, CBS, anything that's running on primetime television, These writers are probably putting out 16 to 21 episodes a year, and then they're taking six to nine months in which they're trying to generate new content. But you and I know full well, all they're doing is cut and pasting what's been out there for years. I'm coming at you with the best of what I have to offer. Last year, I came in with, I think it was 33 or 34 podcasts, seven hours of unique content. It has been a little while since we've been together, but I want to thank you for your patience as even I need a bit of a break every now and again. But we're back. And I left you with a cliffhanger on the bravest threat facing American culture. And now my job is to prove my contention. So without further ado, welcome back to season two of the Abbott Speaks program. I've entitled today's program, How Facebook Downgrades Human Exchange. And your 20 minute road to wisdom begins right now. Like any good program, I left you with quite a cliffhanger between Season 1 and now Season 2. So to recap, previously on Abbott Speaks. In the last Abbott Speaks podcast, I made a pretty bold claim. I went on the record to state that Facebook is dissolving any last vestiges of American culture, decency, and civility. I explained that in the ensuing episodes... I would support this assertion using no less than six examples to drive home the point. And here we are in season two, and I'm going to drive home the point. So since I contend that social media is the gravest threat facing American culture, I am now tasked with building a pretty compelling case, to put it lightly, to convey what is a highly unusual stance. I certainly can't scream something like this from the rooftops without at least a handful of people comparing me to the boy who cried wolf. After all, doesn't Facebook make the world smaller and more interconnected? Doesn't it extend our capacity to build and maintain relationships, as Mark Zuckerberg publicly penned in an open letter that was originally attached to the company's initial public offering prospectus? To begin laying the foundation of my case, I preface my argument with an hour-long prerequisite course entitled The Masterpiece Series, This two-part series explained why every human being, even you, is a masterpiece by showing precisely how each of us were touched by the very finger of God. I then spent 25 minutes introducing my case by outlining the litany of warnings, using direct quotes from those people most intimately involved in the development of social media. Some of these digital architects have banned themselves and their children from ever using these sites contending that they exploit human vulnerabilities this is the concrete slab that is my foundation for my peculiar stance 90 minutes of instruction was required to lay this foundation before i could even begin discussing that which i'm so eager to discuss but now after this extended but vital preface i have finally reached the opportunity in which i can elaborate on my position Honestly, when asked for the gravest threat facing American culture, how many people say Facebook or social media? I'm probably the only one. If I may, I'd like to provide just a little bit of advice for you today. If you're ever tasked or challenged with defending your position or building a case or making an argument that is definitely against the grain or contrarian, you're going to want to start with your strongest and most salient point. And that's what I'm going to do with you today. And today I'm going to discuss the foremost moral hazard that is associated with all forms of social media. But rather than directly telling you, I'm going to show you through what I believe is one of the most miraculous stories that has transpired in the United States in the last 20 years. Hyperbole? Well, why don't you be the judge? Let me take you back to the year 1995. What do you remember about 1995? Anything stand out? On the domestic front, the Oklahoma City bombing was probably one of the most um, noteworthy events to happen in 1995. The number one artist 1995, Mariah Carey. The average household income was $35,900. The cost of a stamp, 32 cents. Cost of a gallon of gas, $1.09. The average house price, $68,183. Fascinating, isn't it? But the reason I want to talk about 1995 is because I found a true modern miracle that happened in 1995. The day was October 17th, and it was in Massachusetts, where a mother unexpectedly found herself in the labor and delivery unit 12 weeks before her scheduled due date. She was carrying twin babies, and as it turns out, the babies were ready to enter the world. As all mothers know, there are some things that are simply beyond your control as a pregnant woman. These kids were coming. While still six and a half months pregnant, Lisa Jackson delivered two twin girls in the neonatal intensive care unit. At the time, the standard practice in the Medical Center of Central Massachusetts in Worcester was to place the girls in separate incubators in order to reduce the risk of infection. Now, this marked the first time in nearly seven months in which little Brielle and Kyrie Jackson were unable to touch each other. Again, we're talking about twin girls, 12 weeks premature. Now, less than three weeks after coming into the world, Kyrie was gaining weight and showing good signs of life. She weighed two pounds, three ounces, and despite her small stature, the nurses were quite pleased with her progress. Her sister Brielle, on the other hand, soon found herself in critical condition, Her oxygen level was low, causing breathing and heart rate problems. Her stick-thin arms and legs turned a bluish gray, and she was gasping for air. Her heart rate soared, which caused her mother and father to watch helplessly in terror. Their little girl was about to die. It is always said that desperate times call for desperate measures. So nurse Gail Kasparian, after exhausting all of the conventional remedies decided to try a procedure that was common in parts of Europe, but virtually unknown in the United States. So with parental permission, she placed the twins in the same bed. Now, no sooner than she closed the incubator door, Brielle snuggled up to Kyrie and began to calm down. Within minutes, her blood oxygen readings improved. As she dozed, Kyrie wrapped her left arm around her smaller sister, and Brielle's heart rate instantly stabilized and her temperature rose to normal. Kyrie Jackson saved her sister's life with something as simple as a touch. Now, if this story sounds too good to be true, I cannot fault you for having your doubts. When asked, nearly all of us would probably say we've never seen a miracle anywhere near that which I've described. And if we're honest, most of us no longer even think miracles are possible. We actually look at Things like hockey games is miracles. The 1980 United States Olympic men's hockey team. That's the last time a miracle happened. We live in a world that largely rejects even the possibility of the miraculous or the supernatural. Because science. If we can't explain it, it can happen. So for you doubting Thomases out there, type rescue hug into the search engine of your choice. And there you will find the story of Brielle and Kyrie Jackson. Their story is a modern-day miracle. It has changed how American hospitals administer care in the NICU for the last two decades. I am perpetually grateful for the myriad advances in medicine, but I have to admit, it is simply breathtaking how the extreme ends of a devotion to science can totally eclipse reason and common sense. Now, don't get me wrong with what I'm about to say, because Nurse Gail Kasparian's intuition certainly saved the life of Brielle Jackson. But let's be honest. The fact that it took until 1995 to allow twin sisters to simply touch each other outside the womb after living side by side anywhere from six to nine months, that's unfathomable. Again, the book smarts of the scientific community work wonders, but they occasionally have the side effect of simply disregarding common sense. The story of the Jackson twins highlights the amazing healing power of the human touch. The only reason... Brielle Jackson is alive today is because of the physical touch from her sister, Kyrie, and science will never be able to explain what Paul and Lisa Jackson saw with their very eyes on that wintry November night when their daughter saved her sister's life in the medical center of central Massachusetts. Wow, Michael, great story. But what does that have to do with Facebook? Well, I bring you this powerful account to explain The Paramount Contribution of Social Media Upon American Culture. Facebook uncompromisingly downgrades human exchange. Here's how. On any given day, I am Brielle Jackson. I desperately need the warm touch of my wife, my friends, my family, my children. At the same time, I am also Kyrie Jackson. My wife, my friends, my family, and my children desperately need the affection that I can best provide through a physical touch. Facebook uncompromisingly downgrades human exchange by partitioning each of us within a complex web of isolated virtual incubators that promise a surrogate form of community, one that completely eliminates the element of touch as a component of basic human Communication. I can almost hear the gears of your mind in motion. Facebook is not a surrogate form of communication. It's a supplemental tool of communication. Facebook doesn't replace the way in which I communicate. It enhances it. Okay, I already used a sports analogy, so let me see if I can try another one. And bear with me, I'll try and get this one right. So there's this quarterback that I understand is pretty good. His name is Tom Brady. Imagine... If every time Tom Brady threw the ball, it was to the position that the player was when he decided he was going to throw him the ball, every single time, would that not result in an incomplete pass every time he throws the ball? You have to account for the fact that the receiver is not stationary. He's actually running somewhere and you have to throw the ball to where he's going to be. Any good athlete doesn't care about where the ball is at that point in time. They're worried about where the ball or the puck is going to be in a short period of time after that. And if you're trying to analyze the culture, you have to do the same thing. You don't analyze Facebook looking at what it is now. You analyze Facebook looking at what it is going to be tomorrow. So again, television. You and I have been here a number of times. You know this is my hot button. 1950, television hits American uh, frequencies. There's what? Two or three channels. It's on for all of two hours, and that's it. 65 years later, all of us watch television for six hours a day, and it wholly controls the American discourse. Okay? Okay. Facebook is going to be there. Facebook is redefining how we communicate. We're raising an entire generation who are only communicating with each other virtually. If you can't see that there's a danger there, you need to appreciate how things grow. That's why I laid the foundation. That's why you need to understand seeds. We are witnessing a seismic paradigm shift in human communication think critically just for a moment what force is currently in motion that places any value on the ability of human beings to touch one another we have fallen so far backward as a culture that we actually consider physical contact a liability preschool, and kindergarten teachers. They fear hugging their students because of the legal ramifications that may ensue. They'll get sued. They're afraid they'll be called pedophiles. Touch a member of the opposite sex on the shoulder at work, you're going to get sued. It's sexual harassment. This is today's social climate. Now, let me pose the following question because I really want to get your mind spinning. Was it our hostile-to-the-touch social climate that preceded Facebook and social media? Or was it Facebook and social media that preceded today's hostile-to-the-touch social climate? Uh Uh-oh. Wait, I don't want to have to think about the answer to that question. Facebook is a social good. It's how I connect with my friends. It's how we do life together. I share my pictures, my experiences. This is my community, my family. Don't blame Facebook for preventing teachers from hugging their students seeds we are uprooting our healthy understanding of the human touch and by so doing we no longer understand why it is even vital to a healthy society gone is tenderness gone is sincerity and what are we replacing these seeds with suspicion distrust and what is the pretty bow we wrap around this new packaging progress Moving forward, it's 2018 and you can already see this correlation. What will this correlation grow into come 2025, 2030? I need you to remember this. You can never physically touch someone through social media. If Kyrie Jackson was physically unable to touch her sister Brielle, she would have died. So can it at all be possible? that if we construct a model of human communication with all the bells and whistles of technology, but a diminishing ability and appreciation for human touch, that our culture too might just die following a complete loss of oxygen? Social media is going to dwarf the impact of the television. The television is the walking leg. Facebook is the wheel. The television is the horse and buggy. Facebook is the car. The television is the hot air balloon. Facebook is the Boeing 747. You need to understand, Facebook is nowhere near full maturity. We have at least two, maybe three generations among us in which a significant portion of people are not using any form of social media. These generations will pass, and they will be replaced by new generations of people who are completely engrossed, completely spellbound, by the allures and temptations of social media. Remember, 99% of Americans now have a television set in their home. Social media is nowhere near this total. But it will be, and what is that going to do to human exchange when every citizen decides that that is how we communicate? Now just think, that's only one-sixth of my argument. So I'm gonna want you to join me back next week to take on the second installment of why I contend that Facebook is the gravest threat facing modern American culture. Thanks for tuning in. I'll look forward to seeing you then. Until next time, be bold with your faith, strong in your convictions, and courageous in the workplace. Physically touch someone through social media. If Kyrie Jackson was physically unable to touch her sister Brielle, she would have died.